Welcome to the October 4th, 2023 meeting of the Development Review Committee. This meeting is being conducted in person at the Old Jail Auditorium, 514 West Liberty Street, as well as by live video teleconference in accordance with Chapter 61 of the Kentucky Revised Statutes. Members of the public were informed of the option of viewing and participating virtually or in person. Public notice has been provided and materials have been available for review by the public. The following rules are in place for today's meeting. Please silence all cell phones, but be aware today's the day they're going to do a uh, test on the emergency alert system at 220. So when that happens, uh, get too worried. Uh, please be courteous and respectful to the commission and to your fellow citizens. Agendas and staff reports are located near the entry of the auditorium or on louisville.legistar.com. For those participating virtually, chat messages are not part of the record and not monitored by all members. Please refrain from sending messages to the panel. If you have any questions or if you'd like to speak, you may send a message to the host. Today's proceedings are being recorded. Anyone wishing to address the commission must do so from the podium or virtually. We have a quorum of members present. The meeting will proceed as follows. As each case is called, planning and design services staff will present comments and staff recommendations. Each of the other agencies will then present their comments. Next, the applicant will address the agency comments and provide other information to assist the committee's deliberations. Then any other interested parties will be given the opportunity to speak. Persons wishing to speak will need to provide their names and mailing addresses prior to speaking. Please note, chat messages to the host panel or anyone else in the meeting are not considered testimony, will not be considered or addressed. If you have comments or questions concerning a case, you should message the host that you would like to speak and you will be brought over to the panel to give your comments. A unanimous vote of this committee constitutes final action on most cases. However, if the vote is not unanimous or if it is otherwise required or recommended, the case will be placed on the regular agenda of the Planning Commission for further discussion and action. Persons interested in cases that are deferred, continued, or forwarded to the Planning Commission may want to call the Planning and Design Services Office prior to the scheduled meeting at 574-6230 to confirm that their case will be on the docket as no additional notice is mailed out. Copies of the meeting agenda, staff reports, and appeal forms are available online. Appeal forms must be submitted no later than 14 calendar days after the committee action. And roll call, please. Penix. Present. Fisher. Here. Kern. Here. Carlson. Carlson's here. And our first item is to consider the minutes for the September 23rd or 20, 2023 meeting minutes. Does everyone have the opportunity to look the minutes over? And do we have any corrections to be made? Or is there a motion? 
Uh, I'll make a motion to approve the minutes as they are written. We have a motion for approving the minutes as sent out. Second. And second, any discussion? If not, would you call a roll, please? Penix? Yes. Fisher? Yes. Hearn? Abstain. Carlson? Carlson's yes. Those minutes are approved. Next item is 23 waiver 0092. That is a waiver from LDC section 5.4.2.C.1 to allow the footprint of an accessory structure to exceed the footprint of the principal structure at 6135 Overhill. This has uh, been continued from September 20th. Ethan Lett is a case manager. Excuse me. Good afternoon, Ethan Lett, Office of Planning Staff. Um, so since the last meeting, I've spoken with the applicant and they submitted a revised site plan uh, where they reduced the size of the garage to below uh, 900 square feet. Um, so then the waiver would not be required. Um, we're currently working with MSD to figure out the drainage situation, make sure that won't cause any flooding or anything like that along those lines. Um, I notified the applicant about that, the status of it, uh, haven't heard back from him. So at this point, I think it's probably best that we uh, continue it indefinitely um, with the direction being that we probably will not need the waiver. Commissioners, we good with that, any questions? But it, if he's reduced it, it doesn't need our approval, right? Right, yeah. But I think there's still an issue of MSD signing off on the 900-foot plan. So just in case they don't sign off on it, I mean, the odds of it coming back, if they're not signing off on 900 feet, they may not sign off on 1,200 feet either. But just leaving the window open, and then if they don't need it, they can just withdraw it, and it'll never come back to us. Okay. Fine. Uh, so we need a motion to continue this case indefinitely. In case uh, 23 waiver 0092, um, the garage waiver motion to continue this case indefinitely um, and also contingent on MSD approval? No, I, I think we just continue it to basically indefinitely or date uncertain and that way he's got, if it turns out that he still needs this waiver, he can come back. But it sounds like based on testimony from staff, the most likely result is it's just going to get withdrawn because it won't be needed. And that's based on staff testimony heard here today. A second that. All right, we have a proper motion and a second to can you continue this case indefinitely. Any discussion? If not, would you call the roll, please? Penix? Yes. Fisher? Yes. Kern? Yes. Carlson? Yes. We're continuing that until we hear more. Next item is 23 waiver 0146. That is a tree preservation waiver at 5710 Cane Run Road. Uh, and the case manager is Lucia Rodriguez. And I do not have anybody signed up to speak on this case. Uh, anyone here that, that is interested in this case or any others, please be sure you filled out a speaker's form so we can call on you when the time comes. Ms. Rodriguez. Um, so this is a 23 waiver uh, 0146. Um, 
this is a waiver uh, for uh, 10.1.4 to not preserve 20% of the existing canopy and a request for approval of the tree mitigation plan. So this uh, site is a proposed warehouse where um, it was approved under 21 cat 314, where 20% of the existing trees were required to be preserved there. The trees, however, were, or some trees were removed during construction, uh, ranging from six to 10 inches in caliber inside of an area of around uh, 3,400 square feet. Uh, chapter 10 requires that the replacement of this of these trees be inch per inch and uh, in the same area where they were removed from. However, there is not enough, uh, sorry, <laughs> there is not enough space for all of those trees to be replanted in that same area. So um, the applicant has worked with staff to uh, replant those trees around uh, elsewhere on the same property. This is just a, a zoning map. And this is just an aerial map of that property. This is the original approved development plan. And on the left, you can see the original approved landscape plan. And on the right is the uh, the variance or the waiver. Uh, it just shows in red where the trees were removed from. And uh, you can see on the northern and southern sides, as well as on the west and east, where they are proposed to be planted or replanted. Next slide, please. This is the site photo of the subject property as viewed from Cane Run Road. And these are just some adjacent properties. Uh, staff finds that the waiver does meet the standards of review for the landscape or for the land development code. The 142 proposed trees uh, mitigates the loss of the existing 20% preserved area and a uh, committee should discuss whether this is sufficient uh, justification for the removal of the trees uh, in the preserved area. The required actions are to approve or deny the waiver to not require the 20% um, preservation of existing trees and to approve or deny the mitigation plan. Are there any questions? Any questions for staff? Uh, so the trees that they propose to plant, will that make up for or sort of be a little bit or more than what was removed? Uh, so it'll make up for it, but so originally, uh, 55 trees were removed. The way the landscape plan mitigates that is uh, with the inch per inch, it does actually call for planting more trees. Right. So in the end, there's going to be 142 trees where 55 were removed. Okay. The only thing that we got to do is just wait for time for the trees to grow to, to make it back like it was before. Correct. Mm -hmm. Trees were removed. Other questions, commissioners? 
as I mentioned, I don't have anybody here signed up to speak on this case. Do we have anyone online? All there is to say. In case 23 wave 0092, uh, oh no, I'm sorry. Um, 23 0146 5710 Cameron Road, uh, motion to approve the waiver from 10.1.4 is in 23 waiver 0146 to not preserve 20% of the existing canopy. Second. Yeah, let you, you take them as separate. So the waiver separate from the request and then you just what's the motion based on they have testimony heard okay. here today. Second the motion. We have a proper motion and a second. Any questions on the motion? My question is now, if we give them the waiver to not preserve the 20%, could theoretically they get away with not putting anything in? Have we just given them a waiver from that? Or do we need to have a condition on the waiver that but says- they're, That's they're, the next one. The next one's gonna be approval of that. We haven't approved that yet. And, I'm pretty sure we will be just. You can't, this is Julia Williams. You could say that uh, approval of the waiver on condition uh, that the preservation as is as shown on the approved landscape plan. And that, that they in. will on okay. condition that they'll present yeah. us a plan. Agree to the mitigation plan. proposal. Yeah. Something okay. along those lines. And so we'll include that in the motion. Thank you. I, I know I might be. Is the second good with the inclusion yes, of that language? Okay. All right. We have a motion and a second to approve the waiver on condition that they present a plan that's acceptable to us. Uh, any discussion? If not, would you call the roll? Penix? Yes. Fisher? Yes. Kern? Yes. Carlson? Yes. And in the same case, 23 waiver 0146 at 5017 Cameron Road, a motion to approve the request for approval of a tree mitigation plan based on staff testimony. Second. All right, we have a proper motion and a second to approve the plan. All right, any, if not, would you call roll, please? Penix? Yes. Fisher? Yes. Kern? Yes. Carlson? Carlson's yes. Our next item is 23 waivers, 0125, a waiver from LDC section 10.2.4 to allow the existing pavement to encroach in the landscape buffer area. Van Air building expansion, 10,090 Bunsen Way. Case manager is Ethan Latt. All right, so this is the Van Air building expansion. Uh, the request is a waiver to allow existing pavement to encroach into the required landscape buffer area. Next slide, please. Um, so the applicant is proposing a 17,000 square foot addition to an existing warehouse um, in the existing drive lane and, and part of the parking lot are partially encroaching into the um, required 15 foot LBA. Uh, and this is another instance where 
uh, J-Town is requiring that they get a waiver for those encroachments before uh, approving the final building permit. Next slide, please. This is the zoning. You can see it's PEC, surrounded by PEC. Next slide. Here's just an aerial view of the property. <laughs> uh, this is the applicant's development plan. And zoomed in here, you can see where those encroachments are, those highlighted areas there. So this is a view of the subject site from Bunsen Way. Um, and here you can see the property across the street uh, and then the property to the west of the subject site, or if you're looking at it to the right. Um, staff finds that the requested waiver is adequately justified for approval based on the analysis and the standard of review. And your required actions today are to recommend that the city of Jefferson Town approve or deny the waiver. Are there any questions? Any questions for staff? All right. Thank you, sir. The only speaker I have signed up is Carl Lentz. And you are neutral or other? Okay. So it would be safe to say your support? Support, yes. Okay. Sir. Please go ahead, sir. Give us your name and address. Uh, Carl Lentz, uh, 12,800 Town Park Way, Louisville, Kentucky, 40246. Uh, <clears throat> I'm with LJB Inc. Like I said, what Ethan explained, uh, we're uh, going through a category 2B review uh, out in J-Town with Mr. Steve Rusey, the planning director. Um, a couple of things he pointed out was some existing payment into some required LBAs. Uh, and he asked that we come down here in front of you all in the DRC to get your all's recommendation for J-Town approve or deny the, uh, the uh, waivers we're requesting for the landscaping. Like I said, this is an existing condition. The, the building's been there probably 40 years. Uh, business uh, uh, veneer is a... Um, like a, uh, a push control ventilation uh, manufacturer. They do uh, uh, some different type of uh, uh, fiberglass, stuff like that. And, and they're putting some uh, outside molds on the roof is what we're doing with the addition. Uh, like I said, it's not changing the conditions of the site much. We've got to bring it up the landscape code, got to plant a few trees. Uh, and this, the waivers just allow the uh, parking to remain that it is, the way it is. So uh, we're going to proper uh, circulation entrance and uh, exiting the, the property. All right. Any questions for Mr. Lenz? Yeah, the amount, I mean, it's been there 40 years. So the plan that's being approved is today is more stringent than it was when it was originally proposed. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, there's uh, this chapter 10 of the land development code talking about the landscape buffers. One is the, the uh, VUA, uh, LBA along the uh, frontage for Bunsen Parkway. We've got a small, about a hundred square foot area that encroaches over that. And the other one is a site specific uh, 15 foot LBA to the PEC zoning. They require a 15 foot landscape buffer around the sides and the rear of the property within, like I said, an industrial park area out there in the PEC zoning. Um, the requirements are a little more stringent than what they were before. Uh, but Mr. Uh, uh, Rusian uh, sort of agreed that uh, the, the encroachments aren't going to cause any problems as far as uh, be able to adhere to the rest of the landscape code. Everything else is going to be 
Uh, You're updating it to the current code? Sir. Uh, I believe J-Town's code is a little behind uh, the code for Jefferson County. But as far as the tree canopy requirements, VUA requirement, VUA ILA requirements, uh, VOA plantings, trees, yes, sir, everything's going to be brought up the code. By. So, so in those areas there, that's where the area is. But is that everything in there is going to be removed or just portion? No, that's existing pavement. We're, it's going to be, uh, it's going to remain. Uh, but the rest of the site, the 15 LBA along that south property line that, that runs all the way around, the trees that are required to be planted with that LBA, to the west of the lot, we take care of that requirement. Is it fair to say because you're doing that building expansion, the most recent landscape rules are become effective and that's why you're having to come back? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay, that, that's all. All right, other questions? Do we have anybody else that is interested in speaking on this case, either in person or online? Anyone else present? All right, uh, last minute questions, commissioners? All right, our action is to recommend to the city of J-Town to approve or deny a waiver of the land development code 10.2.4 to allow existing payments encroach into the landscape buffer area. Thoughts or motions? In case 23 waiver 0125 at um, 190 uh, Bunsen Way, uh, recommend to the city of Jefferson Town approval of the waiver from land development code section 10.2.4 to allow existing pavement to encroach into the landscape buffer area based on staff testimony um, heard here today. Second. We have proper motion and a second to recommend approval of the waiver. Any discussion? If not, would you call the roll, please? Penix? Yes. Fisher? Yes. Kern? Yes. Carlson? Yes. That motion is approved. Our next item is 22 CAT 30008, and that's category three plan for two proposed warehouses at 5355 Campground Road. Molly Clark is our case manager. Hello, all. Molly Clark, Office of Planning Staff, 444 South 5th Street. Uh, next slide. Uh, let's go to the next slide. Uh, so what we're looking at is a property that's currently vacant. Um, it's M3 and EZ1 all within the suburban workplace form district. Uh, the applicant is proposing two large warehouses with two amenity areas as required by the code. Next slide. Here's the site. You can see where the M3 and EZ1 lays on the on the subject site. Next slide. And then here's the aerial currently vacant. Next slide. Here's the development plan here. You've got the larger warehouse, the 700,000 square foot warehouse on the left, and then the 500 square foot warehouse on the right. Uh, next slide. And then this is just pointing out where those required amenity areas are for each warehouse. Next slide. Here are the renderings. It's going to be the same renderings for both warehouses. Next slide. Again, the vacant lot from the uh, from Campground Road. Next slide. And then uh, this is across the street on Campground Road. Next slide. 
And then here's the intersection of uh, Bramers and Campground Road. Next slide. Uh, the category three development plan is in order. As you see, this is a 2022 case number. We had to do a traffic impact study, a wetland determination, uh, and deal with the karst terrain. So it took a while to get to this point. Uh, but at this point, uh, we've gotten everything in order finally. Uh, next slide. So required actions are to approve or deny the category three for the proposed two warehouses in the required amenity areas. Do you all have any questions? Any questions for staff? All right, thank you, Molly. And Richard, I presume you're the applicant's representative. Please come forward, give us your name and address and go ahead. Good afternoon, Ann Richard, Land Design and Development, 503 Washburn Avenue, 40222. Here's a, we have a short, very short presentation. Here's a color rendering of the site plan. There's going to be on-site detention provided and three curb cuts on Campground Road, which have all been approved by KYTC. Next slide, please. This is an aerial, and you can see to the left of the proposed development, there's a similar development that's under construction. It might be done by now. And then to the right, it doesn't uh, appear on this aerial, but we got a similar office warehouse development approved in 2021, which will soon be under construction. So all the surrounding property that touches this is zoned either EZ1 or M3, and that includes across Campground Road. Next slide. That might be the final slide. I'm here to answer any questions I can answer for you all. There's no waivers or variants associated with this Category 3 plan. It is compliant with the Land Development Code. Commissioners, any questions for Ms. Richard? All right, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Anyone else here to speak on this case, 5355 Campground Road? Anyone online? All right, no one else is here to speak. Commissioners, any final questions? All right, the request is a Category 3 development plan approval. Any thoughts? If not, motions are in order. Case 22, CAT um, 0008 at 5355 Campground Road, motion to approve the Category 3 development plan based on staff report and testimony heard here today. Second. A proper motion and a second to approve the Category 3 plan. Discussion? If not, would you call the roll, please? Penix? Yes. Fisher? Yes. Kern? Yes. Carlson? Carlson, yes. That is approved. Next item is 23DDP0033. That is a revised detailed district development plan for proposed RV park. 2900 South 7th Street Road, and our case manager is Molly Clark. Um, I'm going to give you, Chief, this uh, email from Shively Fire because I figured you were going to ask about it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Brother Mike, the other day, wishing me a happy birthday. 
Oh, um, Molly Clark, uh, Office of Planning Staff, 444 South 5th Street. So uh, we're looking at a revised detailed district development plan for a proposed camping RV um, park. Uh, next slide. So the site is known easy one in the traditional workplace form district. Um, the property appears to have been used as RV and parking. Uh, it was originally approved in a rezoning in 1986 for RV and parking and various other uses. Uh, but in the 80s, they never went and got their conditional use permit when they were supposed to. <laughs> so they came back this year to get the conditional use permit, which I took to the Board of Zoning Adjustment on September 11th, and it was approved with conditions of approval. Uh, next slide. So here's the uh, zoning easy one, traditional workplace. Next slide. Here's an aerial. So the site is over 50 acres, but they're just using a small portion of it for the RV and camping park. Next slide. Here's that development plan. There are no proposed changes to uh, the pavement or parking or anything. Uh, next slide. Here's the old plan. Um, totally different than what's there on the ground now. Uh, next slide. And then here's a couple photos of where the RVs are gonna be parking. Uh, next slide. More areas of camping areas and parking areas. Next slide. And then these are from their website. This is what it will look like when it's in use with all the RVs and camping areas. Next slide. This is across the street on 7th Street Road. Next slide. And then this is looking north um, down 7th Street Road. Next slide. So staff found that the revised detailed district development plan is in order and adequately justified and met the standards of review. Uh, next slide. So with this being located in Shively, uh, you're going to recommend approval or denial for the revised detailed district development plan with the proposed binding elements. Uh, do you all have any questions? Commissioners, any questions? And the email that Molly gave to me comes from the Shelby Fire Department. Basically, they're asking that a condition be placed on there that says any outdoor burning, recreational burning uh, is approved by them and Air Pollution Control District. Uh, let's see, we have Pierce Stevenson, come forward, please, sir. Good afternoon, commissioners. Oh, Pierce Stevenson, Frost Brown Todd, LLP, 400 West Market Street, Suite 3200. Uh, as Molly mentioned, uh, this property has been a limited use campground um, for the past 15 plus years. Uh, new ownership took over recently, and we want to make sure that uh, compliance under all local planning and zoning laws were followed, hence seeking the CUP, which was uh, approved by BOZA on the 11th. Um, also, as Molly mentioned, no new construction is proposed, and there is not going to be a, a difference in the change, or I'm sorry, there's not going to be a change in any of the operations that are currently being uh, uh, that are currently being done on the property. Um, next slide, please. This is uh, 
you know, your aerial views and um, and uh, zoning of the area. Excuse me. Next slide, please. You can see it's not used as the 1986 plan originally set it out to be. Um, next slide. And this matches the photo uh, that Molly shared as part of her presentation as what the as what the campground will look like when in use. Next slide, please. Um, this is just a, a distance map showing the uh, the subject property and the distance between a couple of nearby landmarks. Uh, green being Churchill Downs, that's a mile or less uh, as the crow flies, mile and a half to Cardinal Stadium, and about two and a half miles to um, uh, to the fairgrounds where Modern Life and the other concerts will be held. Next slide, please. And here is our revised district development plan uh, with the plantings marked type A and type C trees uh, will be along the border and uh, um, right within the the uh, turning lane into the property. Next slide, please. And this is just a blown up view, same map. Happy to answer any questions. Any questions for Mr. Stevenson? Yeah, just the site, the whole, the whole site is 50 acres, is that right? Yes, the whole site is 50 acres. But they're only using a portion of it? Yes, we're using, it would be over half of the, uh, of the total acreage, but we won't be having any campers you know, across the entire flat. What? So is this gonna, this is going to, I mean, what are they gonna do with the rest of it? They, are they restricted to the size that it is now or are they gonna expand to it or? Um, as, as far as I know, in any discussions that we've had, there was no planned expansion. Okay, so they're going to maintain the whole site. Right? Yes, but only use partial part of the site as shown on the plan for uh, campground uses, which will be limited to certain times of the year. Okay, is there a limit to how many RVs or whatever they use? Or there are there's a limit placed on the uh, um, on the total number of campsites, which is 250. Okay, that that's, is conditioned. That, what what it was before, right? I, I'm so sorry. That's what it was before. There was no limit from what I understand placed before that is one of the conditions to the CUP. We, okay. we had a limit there. Okay. Thank you very much. And what portion of the land is going to be for the RV? I'm so sorry. Could you please what portion that? of the land? What portion of the site is for the RVs? About 12 acres. 12 and, acres and is that, um. Which side of the property is that closest to? I'm sorry. It would be it would be towards the right hand side. You can see where the berms are marked, so it'd be near there. So is this okay? So I'm familiar with the property as the Derby Flea Market. So is it in front of that, or is it? Yeah. It's right in front of that. It would be. It would be. It would be in front of that if you're looking at the flea market buildings from 7th Street Road. Have you seen that email from the Shally Fire Department? I have not, but from the contents of it, happy to look at it. 
Ms. We Molly, no would you like to? Or... Deborah? Sure. We have no issues with the uh, with with the contents of this email and the conditions that would be imposed on the uh, revised district development plan there too. Yeah, basically, I'm I'm scribbled something that says no recreational burning shall occur unless approval is received from both the Shabby Fire Department and Air Pollution Control District. So we're happy to we're happy to abide. That's pretty. I'd give it back to Molly because that needs to go in a case file. Thank you. Other questions, commissioners? Is there anyone else that's present that would like to hear be heard on this case, either in person or online? Any final questions, commissioners? If not, we'll go on to our deliberation. And... Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, we have a category, I'm sorry, revised detailed district development plan for proposed RV park. And this will be a recommendation to Shively. They have the, the final say on that. Thoughts or motions? That on condition of the fire? Well, I would, I think the thing to do is add that as binding element number 14. Correct. That would, the, the language about any recreational burning be conditioned on approval. Yeah, should occur under approval uh, received from both the Shively Fire Department and the Air Pollution Control Board. So that would be the new 14. All right, in case uh, 23DDP0033, um, recommend to the City of Shively approval of the revised detailed district development plan with proposed binding elements um, number 14 to um, any recreational burning should um, occur. Say that. Subject to yeah. City of Shively Fire Department and Air Pollution Control approval, approval. and base that on the staff report and testimony heard here. And just to clarify, it's the binding elements in the staff report plus the 14 that you just read. I second the motion. All right, we have a proper motion, a second to recommend approval to Shively uh, of the revised detailed district development plan with the Proposed binding elements plus the additional one. Any discussion? If not, would you call the roll, please? Penix? Yes. Fisher? Yes. Kern? Yes. Carlson? Yes. That motion's approved. It goes on to Shabby for final approval. Our next item is 23, category, fifth, category 3, triples, double zero 15. A category three development plan with review of outdoor amenity area design, Goodwill Opportunity Campus at 2820 West Broadway. And Jay Luckett is the case manager, but I think somebody will be presenting on his behalf. 
He's online. He'll be presenting okay. online. Presenting remotely today. Thank you. Uh, it's 23 cat 315 a Google opportunity campus requests a category 3 development plan with a review of the outdoor amenity area design standards. Um, the applicant proposing a little over 121,000 square foot of office space on 7.25 acres zoned easy 1. That's when the, within the town center and traditional workplace form districts. Um, this is similar to a, a couple of previous plans that most of y'all have seen before. Uh, there have been some updates to stormwater detention and parking layout, which is required a new category 3 plan approval. Uh, the preliminary development plan has been approved by transportation planning and MSD. Um, see the property is located uh, at the intersection of 28th and West Broadway. Go to the next slide. This is the subject site. You can see it's zoned easy one, some other easy one around it, and a variety of other commercial uses and zonings along the Broadway corridor. Uh, this is the aerial of the subject site. Go to the next slide. Here's the proposed development plan. Um, the main change, the building is essentially unchanged from the last one. There are some minor changes to the outdoor amenity. The main change on the last one, there were um, above ground detention along 28th Street there, and now the detention is being moved underground. Um, and so the parking lot has been rearranged to reflect that, but all other aspects of the plan are unchanged from the approvals from the last couple of years. Go to the next slide. Um, proposed elevations. These are the same as have been presented a couple of times before this committee. Um, so here you can go through the site photos pretty quickly. Just current conditions on the subject site. Construction is proceeding. Uh, the adjacent site. There's McDonald's and a Kroger next door. Go to the next slide. Got Taco Bell and some uh, retail commercial center across the street. And then the NIA center is uh, to the west of the site. Uh, staff does find that the outdoor amenity space and the category three development plan are in compliance with the land development code. And any required actions are approval denial on those items. Any questions for staff commissioners? All right, thank you, Jay. I have Mr. Derek Triplett signed up as the applicant's representative. Good afternoon, Derek Triplett, Land Design and Development, 503 Washburn Avenue, 40222. Here representing the owner and developer of this property, Goodwill Industries of Kentucky. Uh, Jay really did a great job of summarizing why we're here today. We'll run through this relatively quickly, uh, mostly providing some additional illustrations, really uh, showing the changes on site. So this is uh, just a zoning slide of the general vicinity. Next slide, please. This is the proposed development superimposed on an aerial. Um, to the south of this site or screen left is the, the Norton Hospital uh, that's, that's currently uh, under construction as well. Uh, next slide, please. So this was the very first plan that we brought in front of you all for approval. This is the third iteration of, of such plans. Um, if you'll notice, we had a uh, unimpeded drive running through the middle of that site, uh, running left to right on the page. Uh, you'll compare that to the next slide where that has really transitioned into a linear plaza for uh, pedestrian purposes. And so um, that's that's mostly the outdoor amenity area 
that has largely remained unchanged with the most recent plan. On this plan, you'll see on the bottom of the site um, adjacent to 28th Street, we have two lightly colored uh, green areas. Those were the above ground detention basins. Uh, if you go to the next slide, please. Um, that area has now been converted to uh, to parking um, to fit the needs of the use and uh, underground attention has been uh, designed in lieu of the above ground. Next slide, please. So this is just a, a zoomed in comparison of those two areas. Left slide being the previous plan, right slide being the current plan and that red outline is where that underground detention basin is going to be located. Next slide, please. Building elevations that Jay showed, those have remained unchanged since that first approval of the plan. Next slide, please. Again, a different view of those elevations. Uh, and I'd be happy to answer any questions you all have. Any questions from Mr. Triplett? See any questions? Thank you. Is there anyone else that is here to speak on this case? The Goodwill Opportunity Campus on Broadway. Online. All right. Commissioners, any last questions? Development plan with review outdoor amenity area design standards based on the staff report and testimony heard here today. Second. We have a proper motion and a second to approve the category three plan. Is it two separate motions? I'm just looking at the required actions. I know the request kind of has them combined, but the actions have them as two separate. Okay, you want us to do two? Yeah, so I think we probably should do the approve the outdoor amenity area design first and then do a motion on the. But I can see where it was confusing because the request made it look like one. So, um, a motion to approve the outdoor amenity, air, amenity area design based on staff report and testimony heard here today. Second. A proper motion and a second. Any discussion? Would you call roll, please? Penix? Yes. Fisher? Yes. Kern? Yes. Carlson? Carlson's a yes. And for the other item? And in the same case number, 23-CAT-30016 at 2820 West Broadway, motion to approve the Category 3 development plan based on staff report and testimony heard here today. Is there a second? Second. We have proper motion and a second. Uh, any discussion? If not, would you call the roll? Penix? Yes. Fisher? Yes. Kern? Yes. Carlson? Carlson's a yes. And our next item is a revised detailed district development plan for a proposed 38 unit apartment complex at 3825 West Market Street. I do not have any speakers for them, so if there's anyone here to speak on this case, please complete a speakers form and turn it in. And they may be online too. Okay. It'll be a Michael Gardner, I think. All right. Please go ahead, Mr. Lawler. Uh, howdy, uh, John Michael Lawler, Office of Planning, uh, 444 South 5th Street, 40202. Uh, like you said, this is uh, 23 DDP 24. It's Port Shaw Apartments. Uh, if you want to go to the next slide, uh, it's 38-unit apartment complex with uh, access from West Market Street and an unnamed alley. 
uh, if you want to go to the next slide, uh, this is the site. So it's situated between 38th and 39th Street uh, along West Market. Uh, the reason that it's a DDP is because that right site that's zoned C2 uh, previously had a change in zoning on it for a restaurant. Uh, if you go to the next slide, here's the aerial for it. Go to the next slide. This is the uh, site plan. If you want to go one more slide. So these are the building renderings from uh, West Market Street. If you go one more slide, it will be from the rear. And then if you go one more slide, it's just an aerial above West Market to give you a better idea of what it looks like. Uh, next slide. And then I have some some subject property. Uh, this is from 39th. This is from the middle of the property, kind of on the right side. Uh, and then keep going. Uh, this is from the alley in the back. Go one more slide. Uh, this is at 38th Street at the corner of 38th, just to give you an idea of what's around it. Uh, keep going. Uh, looking down towards 38th. Uh, next one would be looking down towards 39th. And then the last one should be uh, just a picture of the homes in that neighborhood behind. So basically, just to give you an idea of how tall the structures are along that street, they had to make it two stories, buildings on the left side of the site, uh, to meet that infill requirement. Uh, so staff finds that the proposal meets the guidelines of the comprehensive plan requirements of the Land Development Code, uh, and your required action will be to approve or deny the revised detailed district development plan. And if you go one more slide, um, I did mention, and I passed these out earlier, uh, in the staff report, the binding elements were wrong. They're for a different site. Uh, these are the binding elements that apply right now. Um, I would still recommend that we strike through all of them, uh, and specifically number four. So these most of these are pretty standard, but number four was about not allowing access to the alley, which staff wouldn't want that. We require access to alleys whenever they're available and they're improved. So, uh, Specifically, really want to get rid of four, but all of these could be struck through and then uh, modernized. So the the proposed binding elements are correct. So uh, you may want to, if you approve or deny it, you would want to uh, use that as an addendum to the the motion. I think. You have any questions for me? Any questions for Mr. Lawler? All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, do we have anyone here in, in the audience that would like to speak on this case? And do we have people online? No one here in the audience, no one online wants to speak on this case. I'll speak. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, about time. We've been here for a long time waiting for a development in West Louisville apartments, especially this far down. So glad to see it and ready for a motion. In 23 DDP 0024 Shaw apartments at 3825 West Market Street, a motion to approve the revised detailed district development plan with the proposed binding elements is stated on page six. And that's based on the staff report and testimony heard here today. There a second? Second. Proper motion and a second. Any discussion? Would you call roll, please? Enix? Yes. Fisher? Yes. Kern? Yes. Carlson? Carlson's yes. Our next item is 
23 DDP 0050 revised district development plan for casual wood apartments, 8314 casual wood way. And Ethan Lett is a case manager on that. Yes, so this is casual wood apartments and the request is for a revised detailed district development plan. So they're proposing a 112 unit multifamily apartment uh, development with nine single family lots zoned R5A in the neighborhood form. It's also right on the edge of the uh, high view neighborhood plan. Um, the site will be accessed by three different existing stub streets. Uh, they're providing recreational open space, including a nature trail, dog park, and a playground. Um, and they're also preserving the stream buffer and can of tree canopy along the buffer as well. Um, I also want to take the time to say that received some uh, concerned citizen comments, and you should have received them as well in the um, hearing materials, particularly pertaining to um, the traffic and, uh, and noise and light pollution um, and how this will affect the character of the neighborhood. So I just wanna make you aware of that as well. You'll see that the site is zoned R5A, uh, surrounded by R4 single family. Here's an aerial view of the development site. This was the plan that was approved in 2021. It had 33 single family lots. Um, you can see those lots on the right there encroaching into that stream buffer. Um, but with the current proposal um, on the next slide, you see they're observing that buffer. Uh, you can see the layout of the site, the associated parking and the drive lanes. Here's the elevations of the proposed multifamily buildings. Um, here's a view of the subject site from Casual Woodway. Uh, it's a little hard to see there. So on the next one, this is from Branch Tree Place. Um, gives you kind of a better idea of the topography of the site. And these are the adjacent properties along those stub streets. Um, you can see there's single family lots that end in the stub there. Staff finds that the request is adequately justified for approval based on the analysis in the standard of review. Your required actions today are to approve or deny the revised detailed district development plan. Are there any questions? Commissioners, any questions? One is, can I see the full size plan, please? We happen to have it with you. Oh, you want to, yeah. And then secondly, this is within the high view plan area. Right on the edge of it, yes. But it's still within that, within the plan. Uh, and how many buildings are they proposing? Looks like what, five or six, something like that. It would be four buildings. Okay. Doesn't the Hy-Vee plan suggest kind of differences in buildings to so that it doesn't they're, they're all looking the same? So it depends on the interpretation of that section. Um, staff interprets it to mean variations in the color or building materials on the buildings themselves. Correct me if I'm wrong, not necessarily that each building must be a different uh, color or different material. I don't follow what you said. I'm sorry. Uh, let me see how to explain it. 
Can you repeat the question? I'm sorry. Yes, I believe the Highview neighbor plan, neighborhood plan calls for each building to have a little bit of a distinct appearance or distinct character so you don't have all all the buildings looking virtually the same. Right. It calls for variation in the appearance or materials of the buildings themselves. I don't think that's necessarily construed to mean that each building must be of a different material or color. Um, perhaps if I'm not explaining that clearly, Julia could. Well, how elaborate. else would you would you achieve that difference if if there's not some different colors or different building materials? Uh, they're they're referring to the variation texture of the exterior, right? That's correct. Yes. You have elevation. So, yeah. So if you look at the elevation, you can see that you know each one of these buildings it's composed of different colors. It looks like there's some some type of brick or stone on the lower stories there. And then um, what I assume is vinyl or, or something along those lines. And perhaps the applicant can elaborate on that as well. But you, there's a variation in color and materials uh, proposed on the buildings themselves. But that's just one building right there, right? Right. But it's I imagine it would be an example for all four buildings in the development. Okay. All right. Uh, that, that Does that make sense? Yeah, I think you're making, I think you've made sense to yourself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, all right. Thank you. Uh, tell me a little bit about the history of this property. It came in as 33 lots, 2021. And was that a rezoning type of thing or? Trying to remember. I know there was a previous plan before that for, I think it was row houses or townhome units of some sort. Um, it looks like in the staff report that what was in 2016 was a revised detailed district development plan. And then the rezoning was back in 91. Okay. So on, on this plan, as opposed to the one that was approved, is there more open space? It appears like there is on the new plan. And I'm not sure what the exact square footage or calculation is, but I believe there is, yes. Heard to in the, in the write-up here about uh, proposal will preserve trees and avoid disturbing density areas. Yeah, so if you look at the previously approved plan, um, lots one through eight or one through nine or so are encroaching into the that 100 foot stream side buffer. Um, and the current plan will observe the entirety of that buffer, keep the buildings and the parking out of it. Because you have a dog park, a playground, and a nature trail, those are additional too, right? Yes. I mean, I, you know, I think uh, part of talking about different textures or different types of units that, you know, this is a different type of housing in the area, but it's not a rezone here. It's an R5. It's already zoned, right? That's correct. Yes. I, I do believe that, you know, clustering and trying for density and doing that is important in going forward with development. Other questions? 
Right, Emily Hill, would you like to come forward? Give us your name and address, please. Um, this is Emily Hill with Mendel Scott. I'm at 5151 Jefferson Boulevard, Louisville, Kentucky, 40219, I'm pretty sure. Um, so as Ethan's presentation got into, I will try not to hit hard on the things he already went into, but um, this area is near the Beulah Church and I-265 intersection. We are near the Hillview neighborhood, High Fern, Zelma Fields, Gainesboro in that area. The site is currently undeveloped. We are surrounded by single family housing at this point. Next slide, please. We are currently zoned R5A. The surrounding zoning immediately is R4. And we are close to other R5 and R5A properties. And along that Beulah Church corridor, there are some C2 properties as well as I believe an OR1 property and some other um, more commercial use properties. Uh, this is the neighborhood form district as well. Next slide, please. So this just gives you a little bit more context of what the surrounding area is. You can see a little bit more clearly that single family housing. Again, on that Beulah Church corridor, we have Townhomes, Avalon Springs, Fountains. Um, we have Venus Motorsports, a strip mall close by, as well as a few churches and, and some other. Next slide, please. Again, I know Ethan provided some of these views already, but I just wanted to step back a little bit to give you a better view of what these dead ends are going to be. So you can see this is Casual Way. The road is 24 feet wide. We have houses on either side that have brick and vinyl on their homes. There are no sidewalks or no curbs. Next slide, please. This is Zelma Fields Avenue. Again, on both sides, we have homes with vinyl and I believe brick and stone on the right-hand side. There are curbs on this road as well as sidewalks, and I'm not sure if I said it, but it is 22 feet wide, this road is. Next slide, please. And lastly, we have Branch Tree Place. Um, again, we've got brick and vinyl siding houses on either side. We have sidewalk on one side of the road and curbing on both sides. Next slide. As Ethan mentioned, we do have that creek corridor along the, uh, technically that's the northeastern edge of the property that we are planning to maintain, not encroach that. Um, the steep slopes really lend themselves into a step down building in this situ situation. Uh, building single family homes can be a bit trickier in that area. Um, and then as well as the development itself, we are planning to extend three of those public streets to create more connectivity of those dead ends. Next slide, please. Again, this is just the plan, shows you a little bit more in detail with that rendering. There is no change of zoning required that was done back in, I was thinking it was 2006, but um, Ms. Ferguson. Yeah, no, I, I was looking at the wrong thing, but it is 2006 for the zoning. Okay, thank You're you. correct on that. Um, again, we are extending those roads so that they would have some more connectivity through that area. Um, we would be building nine single family buildable lots that buffer the existing single family residences. Um, so that whoever comes into that area kind of knows what they're getting into. And then we have one multifamily lot with four three and a half story buildings totaling 112 units on site with parking. Next slide, please. So here are the elevations in detail. I know Ethan and I discussed these actually more in depth yesterday, but part of the high view plan and the LDC requires um, windows or some variation in materials, animated features, I believe is the technical term. 
along um, any side of the building that is facing a street. So on this left elevation, we have added some windows to add some more um, animated features, some more liveliness to that side. And those will be facing branch tree place as it goes up the hill. Next slide, please. And again, in this, um, in this rendering, we have examples of brick siding. Um, I believe technically that's board and batten at the top that could vary. And then I believe cedar shake siding on the sides, but again, that all could vary. Something similar. Next slide, please. So that is the overview of this. I'm ready to take any questions as well as Dave Mandel and Matthew Toole. Mr. Toole um, has developed over 2,000 single family homes. Um, he's registered BIA um, member. He's done several commercial sites as well. Um, and then if you need a copy of the original rezoning plan, I actually have one two slides later, just, just in case it was needed. <laughs> so if you go ahead two slides, oh, one more, there we go. That was the original rezoning plan with the duplexes in that area. If that's helpful to you all. I'm ready for questions whenever you are. Thank you. All right, questions, commissioners? I need to have somebody to, to set me straight. I was always under the impression that the Highview neighborhood plan doesn't want if you have multiple family dwelling units for all the buildings to look exactly the same. They want this building to look a little bit different than this building, which looks a little bit different than, than another building. I, I, I don't think changing the way building one looks by having the left side look this way and the right side look that way, and then duplicating that for the next building and the next building. I, I'm not sure that's what the plan, but again, if I'm wrong, please correct me. Sure, um, I actually had this discussion with Ethan a couple of times. It, it's a little confusing the way that is worded. Um, we were under the interpre interpretation, I believe Ethan was as well, that it is a variation in materials that would satisfy that requirement. If it is possible, I'm reading that wrong. I'm, I believe that's something we'd be up for discussion. Somewhere uh, I think in there says, through, but in specific, that's what we had determined. Somewhere I think it says that they don't want buildings to look the same. So hey, this is Do we have. I, yeah, I have the language in front of me. It's Jay Luckett, special um, planning staff. So it says that uh, high quality and durable materials such as brick, stone, etc., should be used in all multifamily development, and changes in colors and materials should be encouraged. Um, and then there's a separate section earlier that says the architectural design of new multifamily developments should vary to create interest rather than duplicating the same facade or building design in a continuous row or in multiple locations. Um, and then this talks about some other uh, scale of buildings, pedestrian friendly, but those are the two main things where it talks about uh, materials. Um, I don't think it's necessarily all that clear that it says that where the you know the variation materials need to happen from building to building or if it happens within the buildings um i think that's i guess that's sort of up to interpretation and it's been interpreted by this committee um that way sometimes and in certain cases the ap applicants have agreed to different changes of materials across buildings uh to try to satisfy that um so yeah i think it's that's the language though I was thinking back to, um, and I don't know if this where Chief was coming from as well. I know with the have you plan, but um, some more recent cases that we've had where we've discussed 
um, that same issue about not having apartment buildings that look like military barracks. To some degree, it's in the eye of the um, beholder, but I would just say that I think that was what we were trying to get away from, that they um, look a little bit more modern and appealing um, than cream brown and dark brown or cream tan and dark brown. I don't know if that's where you were thinking, Chief, yes, about different colors. I I do believe that this is the modern architectural, you know, you know, straddled the line type deal, but I, I think it's very effective in most of the apartments that I've seen and that I've built, uh, you know, using the variation of colors and textures does the efficiency that you're trying to accomplish, which is the same old, same old, every building looking absolutely identical. I mean, we, we probably, that might be a good discussion for us to have after we've heard from everybody that wants to speak, because okay. otherwise it sounds like we're in the decision-making mode rather than I've just hearing since what people were saying. offering their right. opinion. I thought. Well, I, I just wanted to be sure my understanding was correct. All right. Thank you, ma'am. If there's no other questions. Uh, we have signed up to speak in opposition, Mr. Gary Ritson. Please come forward, give us your name and address. Yes, my name is uh, Gary Brutcher, and I live 8300 Zelma Fields Avenue, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. Um, I don't know if you can show some of them pictures back there, Barry, again. Um, where are you coming out through the neighborhood streets? Is that possible? Okay, that was a good right there. Can I walk over and just show you? Point yes, sir, because you're being recorded there. Okay. If you walk right. over and point to right. nobody. Well, if you look at the three, the three exits, okay, you got one on Castlewood, you got one on Zelma Fields, and then you have one on that back street there. That back street only goes about a block and it runs into Zelma Fields. There's only like eight houses on it. So all this, all that traffic is going to be coming up Zelma Fields Avenue and, and going through Castlewood. Most of it, Zelma Fields goes up straight out to um, Beulah Church Road. Most of them people are going to come out where they go straight out to the main road. You come out Castlewood, you're going to go right, left. There's all kinds of turns and stuff in the neighborhood. You're in the middle of it. This is in behind the neighborhood. It's not out on Beulah Church Road, someplace where all these people can go. You've got um, 112, 121 units going in, plus nine houses. That's, you know, um, a lot of people. And if you've got two people driving cars, you've got 400 some odd cars. So they're going to be coming up Zelma Fields and Castlewood. Most of them go to Zelma Fields. This is a neighborhood street. I mean, there's it's just not liable for that. There's no... You know, there's no exits other than those two, really. And for that many cars to be coming through my street every day, you got the kids out there playing. This is a neighborhood street. This is not Beulah Church Road. It's not a main road. So I'm opposed to that. You know, the 23 houses they're going to build, you got 40 some odd cars if there's two people driving. This, you got uh, possibly 250 cars um, if you got two people living in the house with cars that's going to be coming through there. That's a lot of cars coming through those small neighborhood streets, as far as I'm concerned. That's my opposed to it. Thank you, sir. Okay. Thank you. John Torsky. 
Yep, John Torsky in uh, Councilman Jeff Hudson's office, 601 West Jefferson Street, Louisville, Kentucky, 40202. Um, and I, I am here, I do want to go through, I guess, the history of this property. There's going to be a little confusion of when the zoning change took place. Um, so it was changed from R4 to R5A back in 2006. Back then, uh, this was in Councilman Robin Ingalls District, District 22. Um, he actually voted against that plan in committee, um, and that was to build 66 condos. Um, his concerns in committee, uh, he was concerned about density, uh, compatibility, open space. He said it was spot zoning, uh, and he was concerned about the footage from proposed structures to the property lines. Um, again, it then went on to the full council back in 2006, and Councilman Engel told the full council that he was voting no and why he was voting no. The council actually voted down that plan for 66 uh, condos, 11 to 10. I think it caught Councilman Engel by surprise because he didn't even have any uh, uh, alternative uh, facts to, uh, to uh, present. So he did get them drafted. I actually have a copy of those alternative finding of facts that for whatever reason were never presented. Um, maybe he realized he wasn't able to get the 14 votes that are actually needed to overturn the Planning Commission. He just got the majority of the council that was there that night. But uh, Councilman Engel and Councilman Peden, where this is now in District 23, which was former Councilman Peden, uh, Jeff Hudson uh, took office in January, and now I'm in Jeff Hudson's office. Uh, but they both voted against just the 66 condos back in 2006. So that brings us to... Um, 2021, uh, 33 single lots were, single family lots were approved. Obviously that didn't come to the council. Nobody has any problem. Love, love that plan for houses. Um, and now we have 112 apartments with nine single family lots. Uh, they're going up to the very maximum density for R5A. R5A allows 12.1 dwelling units per acre and they're proposing 11.99. So they're packing it. Um, I don't think anyone on the council in 2006, or probably even the planning commission when it was approved, could have envisioned they were granting permission for 112 apartments to be built here. Um, and the council was already concerned that 66 condos were too much. In our, oh, I printed it out here, on our planning and design website, they go through zoning district basics. I didn't print the whole thing. But under Mr. Torsky, yeah, in about two minutes, everybody saw. Oh, okay. <laughs> go off. There we go. If not sooner, <laughs> it says it can last for up to 30 minutes. I feel safer, though, I tell you, to know that it's working. <laughs> I don't think mine's buzzing yet. All right, it works, <laughs> it does. I feel, feel good now, so right, I'm sorry that. for that that down. Um, no, I'm just going back to the, uh, on our planning design website, and I know it's a, there goes my phone, so I was a minute late, but now I'm notified. <laughs> I'm wondering who gets to live longer. Uh, okay. I it's all, I wonder who your subscriber is. Okay, okay. Well, we'll know who's got what service. Yeah. <laughs> see where it comes. Um, okay, hopefully we're good now, but, uh, Anyway, I just wanted to point out on our uh, planning design website, and again, it's called Zoning Basics, so this is obviously just a one-sheeter, but it says what, what's built in R5A? Condominium, condominiums are typical. And you go to R6, and that's when you see apartments. R6, common for apartments. And I have to admit, when I first saw this plan, and, and Councilman Hudson, 
we said, wait, you can't put this many apartments in R5A. Um, I can't recall another case when these many apartments at, at the maximum density as has been proposed for R5A. Um, so I guess all this is to say this plan is nothing at all that was previously presented. Um, if the property was still R4 and they presented this plan today to go far to R5A, it would certainly receive more questions than it is now. If they wanted to add just one or two more units and go full R6, it would also receive more scrutiny. Um, I guess all this is a long, long way to say we just hate the process. And this is just another example of why now the Metro Council for the past few years has been putting on their standard binding element to basically say, on almost every zoning case to say, there you go. Well, we, we, we saved you. We, we would have alerted you by now. <laughs> anyway, to, uh, to just say if, if there's any changes that he's got to come back before the council with number of units, height, density, that's why we do it. If anybody asks why, why is this being done now, it's because of cases like this. Um, you guys, there was a lot of talk on the Highview neighborhood plan. I was going to point out the, uh, the architectural design. I printed, I printed out the pages that dealt with that, but I think Jay Luck had read it. Um, I also do want to point out that the Highview neighborhood plan uh, does mention where future multifamily development should go. And it says, whoop, which one's buzzing? Is that me still? Nope. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Ethan. <laughs> there you go. Um, Anyway, the Highview neighborhood plan mentions where future neighbor development should go. Uh, it says it should be limited to town centers and commercial nodes. Uh, this parcel is nowhere near one of those designated nodes. Uh, and the Highview neighborhood plan recommends preserving and protecting the existing neighborhood character. Um, I guess that's really all I have. And then I just have a, a, a couple questions that I guess the applicant can answer. Um, one of them, we received a call yesterday. I don't know if they're already starting to do some work out there that there's a heavy construction traffic that for whatever reason, it's turning up show Blaine and using Redbud Hill to, to exit instead of just going straight on Zelma Fields. I, I don't know what the benefit to the, the truck would be to, to make that route. Um, and I know these are all public roads, but this is tucked back in the neighborhood. So I don't know if there's some way to restrict construction traffic. So it's as least disruptive as possible. Um, the other question I had is what is the plan for the single nine family homes? Um, how will they be built? When will they be developed? Those are a couple questions I had or that we had on those uh, on that case. So anyway, just want to provide a little history on the parcel, how we got here. And just again, this is why the council puts that standing binding element everywhere. So thank you so much. Take care. Thank you, sir. Ebony Nate Davis, are, is this the case you're interested in? Okay. Would you come forward, please? Give us your name and address, please. Hello, I'm Ebony Davis, 7908 Gainesville Court, Louisville, Kentucky, 40291. And um, this is all new to me, so I don't actually know how any of this really works. But I live um, at Gainesville Court directly, I guess if we can put um, some of the in images back. Um, and I guess I'll say I, I came because I wanted a little bit more information about what it actually looked like. I live in a cul-de-sac on the backside of Casual Wood. Um, so we um, are in the cul-de-sac on the right side in that little patch um, to the far right. Um, the next one, we live there. 
Um, and actually where the hand is, that's actually my house. Um, and so we've lived there for nine years and we've seen the, um, um, the vegetation on the backside of our home where the stream is be taken away and grow back, taken away and grow back, I guess, as they decide um, what will happen. But my question is, I did want to know, like, how they would be facing um, what they would look like um, and how the construction would be happening as the trucks are moving in and moving out. Because as um, the guy said, who lives on Zelma Fields, we do walk through this neighborhood from Gainesboro all the way around Kimberly Way um, to Zelma and Casual Wood. It's just our route. Um, it is neighborhood. It's not really convenient for construction and traffic as, as many units as will be there because we've seen how they've tried to do it before. We've seen the mail, um, but we haven't shown up at a hearing before. Um, so I don't see how they would have 112 units. I know it can physically happen, um, but for them to be there, um, I don't know. Um, but I, again, my question is, what will they look like? Where will the windows face? Um, I just don't know how close that is to my home. Um, and that is concerning for me, um, being there, how long we have. And then I also heard her mention that they'll take care of the stream. Um, MSD does a horrible job of that now, so I would like to know what that entails. Um, and um, just heavily concerned about that traffic. Will there be a light put at the end of Casual Wood and um, Beulah Church Road? Because I think that would be heavily important. There's a lot of school buses that come through there, and I think it's something that they should reconsider when it comes to traffic in that area. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, do we have anybody online? I do. Sandra Davies, if you could unmute yourself and turn your camera on, please. I'm sorry, I don't have a camera. Can you hear me? Okay, please go ahead. Yes, ma'am, we can. Okay, sorry. Yes, Sandra Davies, my address is 8003 Casual Wood Court. I am an adjacent property owner to this plan development. I bought my property one year ago only after carefully reviewing the approved plan before I purchased. This new plan was quite a shock to me that it's even being considered. It completely disrupts the character of the neighborhood. This is a single family home area, period. Um, and as my neighbor who spoke earlier, Gary, said, um, these roads that they propose putting this very high density area in can't handle the additional traffic. If you saw the photos of the actual roads, our roads need repair as it is. And if you start adding, let's throw a lowball number of 250 extra cars moving on these roads multiple times a day, um, if this developer gets this plan approved, they need to improve the roads. Um, Mr. Lett stated that this plan has more open space. That is not a fact. It does not have more open green space. It has more concrete and more sidewalks and more roads, more surface area, which is going to cause a lot of runoff that the existing sewers cannot handle. The developer wants to hook into the existing sewers and not, not improve them while adding, what's it, 191 extra or 121 units plus nine houses into the existing sewer system. 
without improving it, that is going to fall back on every resident of Louisville when MSD has to go make those improvements later when the problems arise, which they very much will. Um, so if any plan proceeds, the developer needs to be held accountable to improve the existing roads that will be used to get back there, as well as the sewers. And um, my biggest issue is, you know, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed to see so many landscape waivers pass without more discussion because something that I see is not being recognized is that tearing down mature trees and replacing them with new ones are not the same. When you tear down a single tree, especially a stand of trees, you're disrupting all of the wildlife that calls those trees home. They don't have anywhere to go and they will die. And, and this plan calls for replacing quite a bit of green space with pavement. And it's just, it's just not a reasonable plan. And I'm very upset about it. And I did send an ex a detailed letter to Mr. Lett and I hope it's on the record. And that's all. That concludes your remarks. Is that what you're saying? I have a lot more to say, but I don't want to um, don't want to make make this okay. drag on. I mean, you know, the increased traffic is going to bring crime to an area that's currently safe. It's currently quiet. Um, we have kids that play on the streets that will no longer be safe because you know people are going to be speeding on these roads if this happens. You know, the original plan was the single-family homes was reasonable, even though it will also disrupt wildlife. It did so on a much smaller scale. And um, this this plan, I I am just kind of appalled that it's even being considered. It, I, I don't think it should even be considered. And and that does end my remarks. And I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, I believe that concludes everybody that's here to speak. Commissioners, any questions for? Um, who? James Glenn. I told him I'd mention his name if you didn't call on him. He didn't know James Glenn if he's still online because he was online when I was in the office. Not indicate that he wanted okay. to speak. There you go. Thank you. I right. thank you, sir. Commissioners, any questions for those that have spoken? Ms. Hill, would you like to come up for rebuttal? Yeah, if, if you don't mind pulling my presentation back up, I would really appreciate that. Um, so we have Diane Zimmerman online as well, but I believe she has to hop off very soon, if not right this moment. I think she said 2.30, but um, if she's available to speak on the traffic, I know we had spoken with her early on just for some initial trip generation. Um, that slide actually that I have is towards the end of the presentation, if you could skip over to there. I'm not sure if she's able to speak or not. Diane, you can unmute yourself and uh, start with your name and address, please. Uh, okay, I, I really am headed out the door, debated about checking out here before I um, start video. This is Diane Zimmerman, 12803 High Meadows Pike, Prospect 40051. 
Um, I did do some trip generation and distribution as uh, Emily has put on this screen. This development with 112 apartments and nine single family units would generate 66 a.m. peak hour trips and 79 p.m. peak hour trips. Will it be more traffic than the people who live in this area currently experience? Yes. Is it catastrophic? No. Uh, when Emily first sent me this plan, the first thing I noticed was the multiple ways in and out uh, and and whether or not um, one becomes more circuitous. I think it's a, a matter of where are you headed once you get to Beulah Church Road as to which path you would pick. And um, the and so that's that's what I have prepared for this case. So, as um, in our conversations with Diane, again, she had mentioned those peak hour trips, but in our conversations, she said she had estimated, you know, probably about a third of them going on casual woodway up to Beulah Church going north, and then some of them coming out to Beulah Church um, via, I believe it's Happiness Way, and then about 40% of them going south via Zelma Field. So it's a pretty even spread through there. It's going to generate traffic. That is absolutely true. Um, but as she mentioned, thankfully it is spread a bit more between these different arterials, which help, helps the site. This is an infill site. It's going to generate more traffic, unfortunately, but. And, and David Mendel, 5151 Jefferson Boulevard, Louisville, Kentucky 40219. And also if you look in the lower uh, right-hand corner, you'll see that the trips per minute, and even though we've got 66, you only in the morning PR, 50 is exiting. So that would be one, uh, even uh, less than one point, I mean, more than 1.1 trip per minute in the same way. So it's really gonna be very a very modest increase in traffic and having three different ways for the traffic to come and go. Uh, that's why we had Dan look at that. That did come up in the neighborhood meeting. I've got a question. How do you throttle traffic so you only have so many cars going over so many minutes? Well, it's just a way to, not everybody's gonna leave at the same time. You know, the peak hour is from, uh, I guess you have a peak two hours you look at from seven to nine in the, in the AM and four to six. And so then you look at the peak one hour, you're right, you know, but you, you, in some cases you might have two trips in that minute, but then the next time you'd only have one trip in three minutes. So or you uh, could have them all in the one minute time, theoretically. We could have them in 30 seconds, but, uh, but I, I mean, we, uh, but uh, it's the way we look at things. It's a standard way to look at that. And maybe Jennifer could chime in. Is, so right there at Beulah Church, that's the commercial center, right? What are those buildings right there? Um, toward the northern part of Beulah Church before it intersects with Fagenbush. Um, the large white roof is a strip mall. I believe there's a Dollar General, a Mexican restaurant, a few other local places in that space. Government, uh, there was, there's a, would you get your driver's perfect. license there? And, yes, yeah. thank you. Um, just below that is Venus Motorsports. Um, and then next to that is a Sheet Workers Association venue. I'm not quite sure how often that is frequented. Um, but on the left-hand side here, Closer to the Gene Snyder, we have several townhome um, um, developments through that space. Avalon Springs, the Fountains. I can't remember the name of the other one. And basically, just off the sheet is the Gene Snyder from right. you know, within a 500 feet or so. 
I'm just wondering, um, and I think one of the uh, speakers spoke to um, the fact that people would take that road, which seems like it makes more sense to me toward commercial development more than they would the other roads. And that's the road that's labeled 30%. Sorry to interrupt you. No. Um, in our conversations with Diane, she said that she expected quite a few people to be going towards the interstate for work and things like that. So I think that's true about the commercial corridor receiving more business, and that may throw off some numbers. I think our initial um, thoughts in looking at this site, it that's more looking at like work times or school times, people coming in and out of the site. So they would probably be more going towards the Snyder. And that, again, these are all initial. So if we were to do a full traffic study, these numbers might be different, but at this point, this is where we were at. And then I also heard about um, the timeline and what the, the homes would look like, those individual homes. Do you have any information on that? Uh, we don't have any elevations on that, but Matt is here. Yeah. Uh, he's built over 2,000 homes and Hello, my name is Matt Tool. Uh, I'm sorry. Name and address. Yes. Infinity Homes and Development, um, 1736 East Main Street in New Albany. <clears throat> I'm again. I'm a registered builder with the BIA. Uh, built multiple homes, more more custom style homes uh, here in Louisville as well. Uh, but the homes that we're gonna will be will be complementary to what's there currently. So it would still have the combination of brick siding. Could be a combination of hardy board siding as well. Uh, typically, it's going to be in that 13 to 1800 square foot range. Um, obviously, cost to build is really expensive right now. So, we want to be mindful of that because we can't overbuild for the area either. But the nine homes will be very complementary to what's there currently. Um, and as far as when it starts, that's going to be all market driven, you know, because with 8% interest rates on the threshold right now, markets. To, tough it's tightening up um so that's going to be really driven by what the market demand is and are these apartments affordable housing or market value they'll be market rate uh but there's obviously a range of the market you know in that area you see between 14 and 2200 dollars we're trying to go on on 14 to 1600 range is what we're, we're going in at right now on our performance so we want to keep them as affordable as possible for the market, but we're definitely on the within the range, but we're on the lower end of the range of the market. Now the, we was just at a meeting at the BIA, and as far as what the affordability is at eighty percent of, and it was interesting today. Uh, Marilyn did mention to us that you know for a single family home, when you take the uh, eighty percent median and multiply it by three, it was like two forty for a house. And I know last year for the rental to be affordable was like $1,300 based on, a, so those values have went up. Uh, so I do think it's gonna be, some of that will be in that range of the affordable range. The other thing, Matt, the houses you're building at 13, 1600, what would you say the price would be, the price point? Yeah, David actually hit it dead on. It's tough to even build a home for less than 230, 240,000 right now. Uh, it's just you just physically can't do it by the time you buy the land, by the time you pay all the subcontractors and and make all the entitlements and everything. It's very difficult to build an affordable single family house. 
And unfortunately, that's why we do see a lot more compact trying to get a little bit more density because we're trying to make affordable housing for people who can still live and have the shelter that they need at a rate that they can afford. I mean, I build homes right now, um, 230,000 and the interest payment is, or the P&I payment with, well, P-I-T-I, it's well $1,800 a month right now. So we're trying to build homes and give shelter and give options to people that can actually be affordable. And what I just want to point on that is these houses will be, be uh, this will not bring down the prices in the neighborhood, what I wanted to mention on that. Also, we have uh, buffered the apartments with single family lots around the perimeter to buffer those existing houses that's currently there. I just have one last thing to say. I think, um, Ms. Penix, you had br brought up the concern about using different colors, more modern colors. Um, the colors that we had chosen for the elevation just matched the existing neighborhood a bit more. Um, I know we did have a neighborhood meeting just to feel out where the biggest concerns were so we could talk about that with the neighbors. Um, and that was one of the things that they were concerned about, the apartments not matching the character of the neighborhood. So in trying to meet that a bit more, we did try to improve those elevations, make them match a bit more what's currently in that in that area. All right, commissioners, any questions? No, sir, I'm afraid you can't. The way it works is the applicant is the one that has the burden of proof so they get to have the first shot at us, then the opposition, and then they get to rebut, and we, we just don't bounce back and forth. I'm sorry. And I guess, can you share a little bit more about the neighborhood meeting and what were the concerns you mentioned the one about besides what, what the other concerns brought up? The big one we always expect is traffic. We just want to know where people's um, thoughts are in terms of where that traffic is coming from, what the biggest concerns are. I know some concerns were brought up about kids playing in the street and that it does happen in these neighborhoods that are tucked back. But unfortunately, these are dead end streets. They were always going to be connected. So and regardless of what goes on there, I imagine those streets are going to be connected at some point. And granted, this is a different situation than what they had initially expected. but. Um, traffic was one. I believe there was some MSD concerns, but that seemed a bit um, confusing to me. I don't know if they yeah, would was, like to address uh, that. Of course, drainage always comes up, and then uh, we are staying out of the hundred year above a hundred year floodplain. And the other thing was sanitary sewers. At one time, many years ago, that was the old uh, Gainsborough had an old package treatment plant. And there was a sewer capacity problem back at that time, 2020, whenever it was eliminated. But MSD, when they built the Cedar Creek treatment plant, they ran a gravity line up along the creek, crossed under the interstate, and eliminated that plant. So right now, there's plenty of capacity in that line. But 25 years ago, there was a problem, but that's been eliminated when MSD eliminated the treatment plant. Mr. As far as the drainage goes, we will have to submit construction plans to MSD and make sure that we're above the 100-year floodplain, which we are. Mr. Brecher, our county attorneys recommended that you be given the opportunity to speak because they have had additional witnesses that didn't come up in the beginning. And Mr. Torsky and Ms. Uh, if you have questions that were brought up, by the additional speakers, please go ahead. Okay, thank you. Well, to start with, uh, we've already got 
uh, speed bumps going down Zelma Fields Avenue because of the traffic. There's so much traffic going through there already, and they want to put more traffic through there. And there's downsizing how many people are going to go through there. But we all know that if you put 121 apartments in, you got two people who got cars. You, you, there's a lot more cars going through there than what they're trying to say. Uh, and most of them go to Zelma Fields because this is a straight shot. It's not, they're going to go straight out to the main road. Now, if you happen to be going over to Kroger's or something the other way, you may go out the other direction um, or if you work out that other way. But 70% of them is probably going to go up Zelma Fields instead of the 30 or 40% they were trying to say. Uh, and with the speed bumps and stuff already there from the traffic already not being slowed down, um, Get out to Beulah Church Road. Getting out on Beulah Church Road is a nightmare already, and then you're going to have, you know, 200 people more a day going out and 200 people more a day going in. That's just that's just for that neighborhood street. I just don't see how it can be done, and I think it's possible. The 23 homes, I'm I'm perfectly okay with building homes. And then you got 40 some odd people coming in and out every day instead of, you know, several hundred. That's all I got to say. Thank you for letting me. Speak. Thank you, sir. Right. Uh, any other questions, commissioners? Or any questions? I don't know if staff could reread the section about the requirements and then their interpretation just to refresh. It's been a little bit. And that's on the uh, the materials. You're referring to the high view plan section, correct? Yes, please. Okay, yeah. So the the section that uh, Jay read earlier was that um, the architectural design of new multifamily development should vary to create interest rather than duplicating the same facade or building design in a continuous row or in multiple locations. High quality and durable materials such as brick, stone, etc., should be used in all multifamily developments, and changes in colors and materials should be encouraged. That was my only question, and that was interpreted to mean with the building design and not the building type. I believe that's what either you or Jay had said earlier. Right, I believe that's what he said as well. Right. Yeah, I was just saying, I think that, sorry, for my interpretation, I think, I don't think that that necessarily indicates that it should be a different color for every building, but in other cases, um, you know, planning commission has made interpretations that they felt like they wanted color changes across buildings between different buildings on the site. Um, you know, maybe that depends on how many different buildings are on the site as well. So, um, it's just, I think it, there is still some interpretation there. That's up to the committee to make. Hey, thank you. All right, commissioners, where do we go? Well, <clears throat> I would like to start off here and say that I, I am sensitive to the traffic difference between a dead end street and bringing housing in on top of it. But, you know, I've seen many developments before, and I think when you get down to it, uh, the numbers that they're talking about are not that significant. It, you're going to have traffic. Once you introduce traffic to the street, it's going to change um, the um, nature of the street. But I don't think that's a deal breaker here. 
Uh, I think that as a community, we are faced with more options in housing. And, and part of, I think, what the High View study is saying to me, at least my interpretation, is that variance in housing um, includes using apartments, using all types of housing, um, and uh, trying to you know, approach the problem we have in this community for housing of all different price ranges. Uh, I think apartments are part of that answer. And this is on property that is already zoned. Um, the owner of that property has a right to do something within the guidelines that are there. And um, I think we're gonna see more and more cases of this all across the county in all areas, you know, the East End, West End, South End. Um, so I, I would have to say, um, you know, I'm in favor of this. As, as it's being presented. I think it's a good plan. I think it will add to the neighborhood. I do not think it will destroy or hurt anybody's property values or their lifestyle. Uh, it will have more traffic. There is more risk when that happens. Uh, I would also like to add that um, if we don't have a unanimous vote here, it goes to the Planning Commission, is that correct? Yes. And then after the approval is finally satisfied, um, it would go on to Metro for final approval, right? I don't believe so. Because so if, as if, a matter of right, so it would if there's not a unanimous vote today, it would roll over to Planning Commission for Planning Commission to take action. Once Planning Commission takes action, there's a provision by which Metro Council could take review under the Land Development Code and or somebody could appeal the decision. So there's there's a couple of paths forward. Well, but it's not a set in stone. Well, I hope my fellow commissioners recognize the need for the housing that we need in this community. We've got Matt Tool is an outstanding builder. I've, I've very, very well associated, and uh, I am, I've never been directly associated with him, but I'm aware of what he does and what he's done. These are market rate um, housing examples here, uh, and. Uh, I just feel like it's a good plan for a good for a good development. Other thoughts? Uh, for me, um, a couple of considerations. One, I heard um, term, and I guess it's it's used um, more than just here, but the site zone, which is plopping that um, apartments in the middle of that, and I, I'm I'm going back to a case. That we had just a few weeks ago, um, very close to this neighborhood, where um, there was that farm, and and we were talking about you know what's going there, and it was single family homes as opposed to an apartment complex, and um, the traffic, and and coming off of the sub streets, and um, I for me, I would be interested to hear from the larger commission, honestly. I uh, I think there are just too many um, variables in this for me to vote yes today. Other thoughts? You, you know, you hate to be opposed to something like this because then you get labeled as a Grinch who stole Christmas and shame on you. You're opposed to affordable housing, and that's not the case. I do understand it as well as anybody does. 
but there is a good fit. You don't put square pegs in round holes and expect something to be really good. If this was something that was at the other end, closer to Beulah Church, that would be just fine. So that's one of the things that's going in through my head, plus the Highview neighborhood plan, which applies to this area, suggests that multifamily housing go not in the middle of neighborhoods. And then I still, my interpretation and reading of the building design means you cannot take the same blueprints and design for a building and build six exact duplicates, even though the building has got its own set of variations. You don't have that military barracks. So I, I cannot support this. I know it's it's going to be a split vote, and we'll hear it tomorrow at the Planning Commission, but I, I just I don't think it's a good fit. Not what what they came up to start with. So anyway, we do need to do something. Is it possible to just move to have this heard on Planning Commission tomorrow? I would support that if the rest of uh, my team is in in agreement. I'll do a motion on that. That would be perfectly in order. Uh, in case number 23, DDP 0050, uh, cause casual way apartments at 8314 casual way casual woodway uh i move that we place this case on the docket to be heard at tomorrow's planning commission second a motion and a second to pass this to the planning commission tomorrow i presume there's room on the agenda for that to be heard tomorrow we're not gonna beat ourselves up all right all right any questions other questions if not Call roll, please. Penix? Yes. Fisher? Yes. Kern? Yes. Carlson? Yes. We will hear this again tomorrow with the full planning commission. We all good to go, or do we need to have a break? I can take a five minute. Five minute break. I have only. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are back in session. Our last case is 23 DDP 0066, a revised detailed district development plan with some waivers and a parking waiver, JP Morgan Chase Bank, 5907 Timber Ridge Drive. Ethan Lett is a case manager. You can go ahead and skip on over to the case summary if you don't mind. 
or the request that works. Yeah, so um, the requester for a waiver to allow the proposed building to not face the primary street serving the development, uh, a waiver to provide less than 50% clear gate glazing along the front facade of the proposed building, um, and a waiver to allow a drive lane between the principal structure and the street. There's also a parking waiver to reduce the required number of parking spaces from 620 to 586 uh, and a revised detailed district development plan. Next slide, please. So the applicant is proposing a 3,000 square foot bank. It has a uh, drive-through ATM facilities and associated parking. It's uh, zoned C1 in the village center form. Um, it would be an outlot of the existing Prospect Village shopping center um, and access is provided uh, from those drive lanes that go through the existing parking lot. Next slide, please. Uh, so the uh, prospect land development code is applicable here um, and a parking study was done in accordance with the parking waiver request uh, and it concluded that the number of parking spaces uh, proposed would be sufficient. Next slide, please. Here's the zoning. And here's an aerial view. Here's the development plan and the elevations. Uh, this is the view of the subject site from Timber Ridge Drive. And on the left there, that's the access point from Timber Ridge Drive that would give it the primary access. Um, and here's some adjacent properties that's across the street on the left. And then that's the shopping center itself on the right there. Staff finds that the requested waivers, the parking waiver, and the proposed plan are adequately justified for approval based on the analysis and the standard of review. Uh, so your required actions today are to recommend that the City of Prospect approve or deny the waivers, recommend that the City of Prospect approve or deny the parking waiver, and approve or deny the revised detailed district development plan. Are there any questions? Commissioners, any questions? Are we approving the plan or is prospect get that too? Um, I believe you can approve the plan. Uh, the prospect. Oh, okay. get it. So everything goes recommend. to everything goes to prospect. Okay. Okay. All right, commissioners, any questions? All right. Uh, I mean, Bakar, you are here, but you said to me earlier you just here for questions, right? Uh, he is the applicant's representative. Do we have questions for him? All right. Commissioners, what's our pleasure? Well, you know, I, I think that all of these waivers make sense for what they're trying to do. Actual focal point of it is going to be more off to the side. Is that correct? Yeah, the primary entrance would be facing the uh, existing and, and reduction center. of the uh, parking spaces for the shopping oh, center yes. makes sense. Yes. Yeah. I don't know that they have a parking problem out there currently, but I mean, it's pretty cut and dry. Are there any motions to be made? And these will all be recommendations. Uh, to the city of prospect we got three waivers parking waiver as well as the revised development plan with binding elements 
Yep. I'll make a motion. Uh, should I include the waivers all at once or should I read them separately? One motion can cover the three waivers, I believe. All right. Case number 23, DDP 0066, JP Morgan Chase Bank. Um, the waivers, I make a motion to approve that the waivers be approved as written. So you want me to read them? If you could just mention them, just okay. The three talk. waivers, waivers. Uh, from LDC section 5.5.1.8.1 to allow the proposed building not to face the primary street serving the development. Number two, waiver from LDC section 5.6.1.C.1 to provide less than 50% clear glazing along the front facade of the building facing Timber Ridge Drive. And number three, waiver from LDC section 5.5.1.8.5 to allow the drive lane between the principal structure and the street. Um, the parking waiver to reduce the minimum number of spaces. The parking waiver will be separate. Okay. So I based that on the testimony in the, in the um, report that was heard from the staff. Second. All right, we have proper motion and a second to approve the three L land development code waivers. Any or recommend approval by. Recommend, I'm sorry, you're right. To recommend approval, any discussion? If not, would you call the roll, please? Penix? Yes. Fisher? Yes. Kern? Yes. Carlson? Yes. That motion is approved. And the next one would be to address the parking waiver. At case number 23 DDP 0066. I, uh, Make a motion that uh, we recommend the approval of the parking waiver to reduce the required number of parking spaces from 620 to 586 spaces. I based that on the testimony, the staff report, and the testimony we heard today. Second. All right, we have a motion and a second to recommend prospect uh, approve a parking waiver. Any discussion? Would you call the roll? Penix. Yes. Fisher? Yes. Kern? Yes. Carlson? Carlson's yes. And the last is the revised detailed district development plan. Make a motion that the we approve uh, the revised detailed district development plan on case number 23 DDP 0066 and based you, on the testimony heard today and the staff report. And would you like to include the revised or the proposed binding elements in the staff report? Yes, and I would like to include the re, the proposed binding elements. And, and one other minor tweak, it, I think you had rephrased it as approved, but I think it's recommend approval to the city of Prospect. Recommended approval by the city of Prospect. Second. All right, we have a proper motion and a second to recommend Prospect approve the revised detailed district development plan to include the binding elements. Any discussion? If not, would you call the roll, please? Penix? Yes. Fisher? Yes. Kern? Yes. Carlson? Carlson, yes. Anything else to come before us today? If not, we will adjourn until tomorrow. Excuse me. Uh, after we was deferred for tomorrow, Matt told me, I didn't know why I didn't mention here, He's going to be on fall break with his kids tomorrow, leaving for out of town. Would like to go ahead and uh, go with the next meeting, the 19th of, no, of October, if that's possible. We can, 
motion tomorrow at the planning commission to continue it to a meeting, but we can't do that right now because you already made a motion on it. But that would be fine. It's just something he just didn't, I don't know why he didn't tell me up here, but out in the hallway, he would like us. To I, I think given that it would be nice if we could take the information from the speaker cards for those in opposition and let them know that what's going to happen tomorrow is a request to continue it to that date. So they don't, especially the no. gentleman who came down here. Yeah. In an attempt to get hold of them, but the only information that's on there is the address. Yeah. Okay. So what do we need to? Oh, we we'll just keep going and just adjourn. Take it up. All right. Thank you.